coming. You know, I was like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 83 of the Top Sweet Wrestling Podcast. We got a lot of things to get into, ladies and gentlemen. Impact making money moves, Impact Wrestling on XTV. We're going to get into that. A lot of topics. King Corbin, we're going to get into that. And also, Clash of the Champions. It is this Sunday. We're going to do a preview for it. So, we're going to hop right on into this thing. Well, first, you can find me at linktr.ee slash 2sweetpod. That's the number 2. Sweet P-O-D. That's where you can find all my listings for this podcast. So now we're going to hop right on into it, ladies and gentlemen. And no best thing for this thing this week, but we do have number one spot. We're going to get into that right now. We got the number one question of the week, the number one box of the week, and the number one pop of the week. The number one question of the week is Bray Wyatt. 1119. We got another Firefly Funhouse, another good one on Monday Night Raw. But in that Firefly Funhouse, we had a clock that said 1119. That got a lot of people questioning what it is, what it may be. And I love me a good old mystery. And I don't know where this is going, but I'm going to say maybe that means an appearance on SmackDown. Upcoming, so we'll see how that turns out. I'm ready to see how it turns out. We will see going forward. The number one botch of the week, Charlotte overshooting the moonsault on Monday Night Raw. We had the four horsewomen tag match, and not to pick on Charlotte because she always hits this beautiful moonsault, but she overshot it here. That's the number one botch of the week. The number one pop of the week, Steve freaking Austin. Who else? It's like this guy still has it to where when that glass breaks, the crowd goes insane. And they went insane on Monday Night Raw when he started Monday Night Raw. That's number one pop of the week. So, ladies and gentlemen, moving on, we got to move on into the topics of the day. And first, we're starting off with Impact Wrestling, man. Just money moves, man. And I'm, as you have heard by now, unless you've been living under a rock, Anthem purchased a controlling, a controlling, excuse me, stake in Access TV, along with Steve Harvey. That came out of left field, but that means now what was made official yesterday is that Impact will be on Access TV the week after Bound for Glory. And man, I don't know what is going on with October, but man, all these wrestling companies you got. WWE Smackdown going to Fox in October. They got AEW going to TNT in October. And now Impact on Axis TV in October. And man, this is awesome news. I saw it. And there were rumors about Impact and Axis TV, but the rumors were that Anthem and Axis, the deal had fallen apart. But now we get this out, and it is just tremendous news. Look, no more days of Impact switching our channels, and you're trying to figure out. The first question is, what the heck channel is this? It's like when Impact went to Destination America, when Impact went to Pursuit. And I've been following Impact along the way, a week in and week out. The first thing I always say is, man, what the heck kind of channel is this? And can I find it? And that answer is normally, I bought with no, you cannot find it. 
but now we have Access TV. That is a channel in 50 million homes. Not the biggest channel, not a national channel, but it is a great channel for Impact Wrestling. Uh, I love the fact that, look, Access, New Japan, and Women of Wrestling as well. So it's a great for wrestling. It's great for Impact Wrestling. I got to say that the promotional commercial that they put uh, for Impact Wrestling was just phenomenal. You can check that out on Twitter. But I will say, the one drawback that I'm worried about that could possibly be a drawback, we'll see how it goes. Access TV has this thing where they're running a Saturday our wrestling block. And in that wrestling block, they have New Japan and Women of Wrestling. Saturdays suck for your main day of wrestling. Obviously, we've had things like Saturday Night Main Event, WCW Saturday Night, but that wasn't the main shows for that programming uh, for those companies, excuse me. So, Saturday nights suck for a weekly spot. I'm hoping that they don't stick them on Saturdays in their wrestling block. We'll see how it goes, but the opportune days are Tuesdays and Thursdays, and if I'm looking at it personally, I say let's go back to the old day that Impact was on, and that is Thursdays. They were on weekly on Thursdays on Spike TV back when they were there. So I say go back to Thursdays. Nobody's running on Thursdays at the moment. Uh, if things go south with SmackDown on Fox, I can see them going back to Tuesdays at some point. So I would rather Thursdays. I hope that they bring the day on Thursdays. Lastly, I want to get to the haters. Like, dude, these people just walk around with glasses of cold water in their hand. Like, as soon as, soon as wrestling fans get excited about something, they just throw cold water on it. Like, I see people saying, oh, this isn't a big deal. Oh, that's just 50 million homes. Are you kidding me? This is a huge deal. Don't be a hater, man. Like, it's just too much good stuff going on in the world of wrestling to be hating on Impact. They're putting on phenomenal television, and now they're on a legitimate company, and we get to see them every week, and they're going to be in a better time slot than freaking... I, 9 to 11 for me like I cannot stay up for that long I'm just excited that I do not have to stay up from 9 to 11 on a Friday to watch Impact so there's a lot of things to be excited about there's nothing to hate on here but yet you still have the haters and one thing I will acknowledge I've been fighting this and fighting this and fighting this uh, there's a lot of people saying that we're in a new uh, wrestling revolution and I'm going to say like let's not overuse that term because a wrestling revolution was 97 man you had WCW you had WWF and you had ECW well now I look at it and we got these three companies along with New Japan on great channels and I gotta say we're close to a wrestling boom I don't I don't like to use that word but we're close as close as I ever thought it would be to a wrestling boom I never thought we'd get this close to a wrestling boom but we are on the edge of one in 2019 and goodness I'm so excited about it uh, one more thing so help me God if they put impact on Wednesdays it will be the death of me trying to cover impact NXT and AEW on Wednesdays just please don't do that for goodness sakes so moving on King Corbin Oh, man, they got 
WWE got the internet going nuts. Baron Corbin moves on to the finals, as I said he would. Like, I said this way back in August. The end of August said Baron Corbin would be in the finals, either winning it or putting over a plucky underdog. So he is there. And like, they got people talking about, man, I'm not watching it no more if Baron Corbin becomes a king. And I got to say, man, look, Baron Corbin may not be for me. But I don't find that this guy is useless. Like, I've been impressed with him with throughout this King of the Ring run. Uh, so, I'm willing to give him a chance. I don't necessarily, if he wins, I don't necessarily think it would be a bad thing. I think it would be a much better thing, however, if they let Gable win. The guy that everyone's been picking on. It would be an excellent story. So, I'm hoping that Chad Gable picks up the win in the King of the Ring. But, I don't necessarily have a problem with it either way like i guess i would prefer if the match be at clash of the champions but it is what it is it's gonna be on monday night raw we'll see how it turns out and eh, wrestling fans don't 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 trip out too much if baron corbin wins it's not all it's not the end of the world for goodness sakes so moving on i'm gonna move on to kevin owens ladies and gentlemen and kevin owens gets fired like man this guy has been cooled off significantly man i thought he was the hottest thing going at one point and now they still have him in a feud with shane mcmahon and i just cannot explain it for the life of me what are they thinking like i like to at this point i like to call it the curse of steve austin every time that I compare somebody to Steve Austin, they fall right off the map. They lose all of the momentum. I said it about CM Punk at one point. I was like, man, that dude might be the next Steve Austin. Then the next thing you know, he lost his momentum because WWE blew it. I said it about Becky Lynch. I was like, well, that might be the next Steve Austin. Then the next thing you know, she wins the title at WrestleMania, and her momentum has not been the same ever since. The next person I said it about was Kevin Owens, and look where we are now. His momentum has completely faltered. And just way to blow it, WWE. You really had an opportunity with that guy. And, like, now he's cooled off. We'll see what happens with it going forward. I wish the best for him, but I just cannot imagine that he gets back to the point to where he was. Where I was saying he was the best thing going. So, moving on. Speaking of Steve Austin, Bray Wyatt, ladies and gentlemen. We had two opportunities. Uh, where Steve Austin opened up. Monday Night Raw and Undertaker opened up SmackDown. Everybody was salivating for Bray Wyatt to come out. And man, I just cannot explain to you enough how much of a missed opportunity uh, that they missed here. Like, you had a chance for Bray Wyatt to take out Steve Austin. And I get it, maybe Steve Austin wasn't the right guy to take out, but The Undertaker was the perfect person for him to take out. And this, having something like that could have really put Bray Wyatt over the top uh, more than what he is already at. So like, I thought that they missed a huge opportunity there. It could have been the possible start of a feud with Undertaker. I would have loved that. I'd love to see Bray Wyatt be the guy to finally retire the Undertaker. That would be phenomenal as well. But I just think that they missed a huge opportunity here. Could have seen the fame. And we didn't. I thought they missed a big opportunity there. So moving on, let's move on to an AEW topic, ladies and gentlemen. 
It will be at full gear. I absolutely hate that pay-per-view name, by the way, but I get it. There's been a full gear challenge, so they turned it into a pay-per-view. So I, I get it. Uh, but the point at hand here is Cody versus Chris Jericho for the world title. Man, speaking of the internet going nuts, people just went nuts over this. Oh, Cody's in the in the championship match. Oh, why is he in there? It's Jericho. It's two WWE guys. And I'm just here to say, chill out, man. Look, at the end of the day, Cody and Jericho is going to make for a really good match. I'm going to enjoy it. I, I don't necessarily like the build so far because Cody reused his promo about killing the Attitude Era. And, like, he did that for Dustin Rhodes. And it worked that time, heading into double or nothing, but I'm not for it this time around. But the match itself, I am for because, look at here, man. This is something that I don't like. But AEW is standing by their wins and losses motto. They said that wins and losses would matter. And, and Cody is undefeated so far, so he gets the title shot. Now, I don't think that they should totally rely on that because you're going to find yourself in a situation to where somebody is gaining momentum and they should be in the world title hunt and they necessarily don't have the right win-loss record so they can't go with him or her to be in the world title hunt like they should not be as strict on those wins and losses but they are so here we are Cody is getting the shot and I just got to say one last thing so this means that Cody or the Bucks can't challenge for the titles. Like, I see a lot of people saying, oh, he, he just booking himself into the title match. Or the Bucks just booking their buddies into the title matches. Like, at this point, this is a startup company. And for that full gear pay-per-view, you want a notable name for your first AEW title defense with Chris Jericho. And I don't mind Cody at all. He's about to take the loss here. And like here, at the end of the day, people are going to lose their minds. I look at it now. If the Young Bucks are ever in a title match, and man, we are talking about one of the best teams in the world today. One of the best teams of this current decade. And, like, those guys are not going to be able to be in a title match? Like, I don't get that. And I think people just really need to chill out, man. That's just my take on it. I think Cody Rhodes and Jericho are going to have a, a really good match that I'm looking forward to. So, moving on to WWE Clash of the Champions, ladies and gentlemen. I got to say that I'm not all that excited for this pay-per-view, to be totally honest with you guys. But I'm willing to give it a chance. And you know what? We'll see how it turns out. We're going to hop right on into this thing. We're going to start right at the top and work our way down to the bottom like we always do. So first up, we have Seth freaking Rollins versus Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship. Like I said, I have not been into this build at all. We put the tag titles on Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. I'll get to how I don't like that in a minute. But sticking with this championship matchup, I'm just not feeling it, man. Like, Seth Rollins as a face just does not entertain me. Like, at one point, he was on fire, and then they cooled him off, and now that he's champ, it's just not entertaining with me as a face. I do like the fact that they've brought Braun Strowman back up into relevant because the guy was the next big thing at one point but now he's not and they're trying to do something with the guy so i get it at the end of the day 
Ah, the contract signing, uh, it was what it was. Not all that interesting as it got interrupted by the OC. But as for your winner here, you got to have Seth Rollins win this match. The guy just won the title back from Brock Lesnar after having a horrible title reign uh, when he won it at WrestleMania. So he just got the title back. So Seth Rollins has to pick up the victory here. Hopefully they use this momentum with Braun Strowman to further him into a bigger field down the line. I hope they just don't send Braun Strowman back down to nothing. That's just my hope. Seth Rollins picks up the victory here. Moving on. We got Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. I gotta say that I have enjoyed this build. This is a turnaround from the Universal Championship build. This has been pretty decent. I've liked the callback on the history with Kofi and Randy Orton. Randy Orton bringing the stupid, stupid, stupid back. This has been an enjoyable build. Randy Orton has gotten into the head of Kofi Kingston. So I'm very much looking forward to this match. And I gotta say, look, man, I love me some Kofi, but I'm worried that this is... This has a chance to be the end. And I got to say that with Kofi Kingston's title reign, look, I thought that it wouldn't go past the summer. Let's know it going into the fall. So whatever happens, I got to say that with this title reign, with how long as it has gone, I've been satisfied. But looking at the victor of the match, you know what? I'm worried that this could be the end, but you know what? I am going to go with Kofi Kingston to retain the title here. We'll see how it all turns out. Moving on, we got the Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. And I said that I just brought up earlier how Becky Lynch's momentum just went into the tank after Mania. That's because it takes two to tango, as I've said before about Becky Lynch. And... Sasha Banks coming back, it was what Becky Lynch absolutely needed. Sasha Banks comes back, crowd pops, and she immediately turns heel. And I've liked nearly everything about this feud. The Bailey heel turn, eh, I'm going to get into that. The things that I do like are the things that I don't like about it. It was a shock moment. But moving on to Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. I expect this to be a phenomenal matchup. I'm a candidate for match of the night. And at the end of the day, look, there's only one choice here. Sasha Banks has to win this match. She needs to win this match. You cannot have Sasha Banks debut, turn heel, and then come up small in the championship match because she will lose all of her, her momentum. She has to win here, and she will win here. Sasha Banks will be your new Raw Women's Champion. So moving on, we got the SmackDown Women's Championship on the line. Bailey versus Charlotte Flair and as I mentioned we had the shock Bailey heel turn and I gotta say I have not liked the way that they have handled Bailey ever since uh, they had her play both sides against the middle in the promo that she cut afterwards uh, they didn't have her own up to being a heel they tried to do this ridiculous well I'm the same person that I was before they got her with the same up 
upbeat music and the Bailey Brothers. I'm like, come on, man. If you're going to do something, go 100% all in. Don't go halfway in and try to keep the same character or else it will not work. It will not have the same effect, the huge effect, the effect that had us going crazy after Monday Night Raw. No, now she's just the same old Bailey in the heel turn. I won't say it's ruined, but it's just not the thing that I thought it would be. I asked for this match, Bailey versus Charlotte Flair. At the end of the day, man, look, no, no, not Charlotte Flair does not need to be winning the title again. And this is much like Sasha Banks. Bailey needs to win this match. Bailey, you cannot have Bailey turn heel or turn whatever they are trying to feed to us and then go out and lose the big match against Charlotte Flair. It would render what the what she did on Monday Night Raw meaningless. The partnership with Sasha Banks, it, it, it would render it meaningless. Like she would lose momentum after this. So I understand that Bailey hasn't had the best title reign, but at the end of the day, you cannot have her lose here. Bailey will get the victory. So moving on to Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan. This is a no disqualification match now. And I got to say that when you look at this Roman Reigns story, man, I want to keep it short, but I was initially disappointed with the cranes falling on Roman Reigns. It was just a bad segment, but they hooked me into the storyline when the car hit Roman Reigns and it became an interesting thing. A good old whodunit. I love those. And they hooked me in and... After the car segment, it was bad segment after bad segment after bad segment. And I love me some Eric Roman, but Big Red was not a good reveal, man. It was not a great reveal. Like, I look at the Aleister Black storyline, and we went through all of that, all of those ups and downs, the roller coaster storyline. And it turns out that Johnny Gargano was the guy that did it. That was a huge reveal. And it got a huge reaction out of me. And when it comes down to it, when it was Eric Rowan that was revealed to be the guy, I thought, "Ah, that's it? That's what we're going to go with here? And Rowan has looked really good in the build-up. Rowan and Roman Reigns had a good pull-apart brawl on the go-home show of SmackDown. So I respect that. But at the end of the day, look, Eric Rowan... Needs to win this match. I've been saying that three straight times. I didn't said that. Really, wrestling logic dictates that Roman Reigns, the guy, has to overcome all this stuff that was did to him. So I won't be mad if Roman Reigns wins this match because look, that's wrestling logic. You know, Roman Reigns has to get his payback. But Eric Rowan needs this win a whole lot more than Roman Reigns needs it. And I really hope that Eric Rowan picks up the victory. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go have to go with Roman Reigns to win here. I think that he will come out victorious. So we are going to move on to the Intercontinental Championship. That is Shinsuke Nakamura versus The Miz. And... This brand new partnership with Sami Zayn and Nakamura, uh, it's pretty odd, but at least they're doing something with those guys. Like, at the end of the day, these are two talented guys that went face-to-face at NXT TakeOver, if you remember that. That was Nakamura's debut. That was one of 
the better NXT matches that I've ever seen. But here we are, and both guys... I don't want to say they're just stuck in catering, but they're just stuck in catering, and Shinsuke is the Intercontinental Champion, for goodness sakes. But we have Nakamura versus The Miz. I've enjoyed the build somewhat. I'm at the point with The Miz to where I really think, like, it's time for the heel turn. It's time to go back to heel Miz, because I don't want to say he's floundering as a face. He's just not the same guy as a face. But looking at the matchup here, as for who should win... I am gonna have to go with Nakamura to retain the title here. I think he is going to retain the title and maybe we get another match. Maybe the Miz picks up the win there. Moving on, we got the United States Championship on the line. AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander. And I gotta say that looking at the go-home show of Raw... The last person that I expect to get the pin and take the fall in that main event was Cedric Alexander and AJ Styles. So when Cedric Alexander hit the lumbar check, I said, oh, wait a minute. Cedric's about to get the win here? And we got the three. And it was a huge win for Cedric Alexander. Clean pinfall on AJ freaking Styles, one of the best wrestlers possibly of all time. And I didn't like the fact that Steve Austin came down, even though I, I love the this beer bath celebrations, but I wanted Cedric Alexander to have his singular moment. But that leads us to this match. This is a match of the night candidate, and it very possibly will be the match of the night. At the end of the day, AJ Styles will pick up the victory here, but I hope that Cedric Alexander looks good in defeat. So, moving on, we've got the Raw Tag Team Championships on the line. Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman versus Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Some people are calling them Rudolph. I'm not going to go there, but that's what, the, that's what the Twitter's saying. That's what the internet is saying. But, nonetheless, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode is, is a pairing that is just thrown together. Like, I wish they would have given an actual tag team this spot. But it is what it is. I'm not very interested in the pairing of Ziggler and Root. But here we stand. Rollins and Brian Strowman. At this point, I do not like the fact that the titles are on Rollins and Strowman. Like, ew, you could have kept the titles on a, a tag team. Or put the titles on a traditional tag team. But at the end of the day... Ziggler and Rudolph is going to get the... Ziggler and Rude. Excuse me. I am not editing that out. They are going to get the victory here. They will become the new tag team champions. Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins will fall apart here. Hopefully, they do something with the tag team division because we have way too many talented tag teams to be wasting this match on four individual wrestlers. So, we'll see how that goes going forward. Moving on, SmackDown Tag Team Championships on the line. The New Day versus The Revival. This is a build that eh, I'm not too interested in. There hasn't been a whole lot going on with this build outside of The Revival aligning with Randy Orton and torturing The New Day. But, I don't like the fact that, you know what, The Revival... Like, this is a dominant tag team. They don't get treated as such for whatever reason. But we have this matchup, and I expect it to be a phenomenal matchup. New Day versus The Revival. 
who gets the victory the new day will retain the titles here they will get the victory and hopefully this is a few that continues to go on because i would love to see it keep going and going moving on we got the women's section championships on the line alexa bliss and nikki cross versus fire and desire mandy rose sonya deville and i gotta say that I've been impressed lately with the ring work of Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. They make for a good tag team. I don't like the fact that they tried to run this angle with Mandy Rose talking about Nikki Cross's looks or whatever. And that's the way they're trying to build this tag team championship when all the build you need is we're the champs or you guys are the champs and we are looking to take them from you that's all the build that you needed at the end of the day i think fire and desire is about to pick up the victory here and become your new women's tag team champions that is going to be my pick for this matchup so moving on to the final pick of the night the cruiserweight championship is on the line drew gulak versus umberto carrillo versus lens dorado and this one should be a good one gonna be a candidate for match of the night Real picked up the victory over Oni Lorcan to become the number one contender. And Dorado uh, therein picked up the victory over Humberto to be to be placed into this matchup to make it a three-way. So we have this matchup here. And at the end of the day, Drew Gulak will pick up the victory. So that is my picks for Clash of the Champions. Let me know all of your thoughts at 2SweetPOD.